when there's a practical need in the church, the person with the gift of service wants to jump in and help. Maybe that's you. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll see it played out in the early church. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Whether it's volunteering in the nursery at church or offering a helping hand to a neighbor in need, there are countless opportunities to serve the Lord. And today on Abounding Grace, consider whether this is a gift you've been given by God. Pastor Ed Taylor will turn our attention to how this gift was seen in the early church, as well as some of the pitfalls we need to watch out for if we have this gift. All of this is part of our series in the Gospel of John. Here's Pastor Ed in Acts 6. Where did this gift operate in the early church? Let me show you a couple examples. Acts chapter 6. Would you turn with me to Acts chapter 6? We have an issue in the early church. It is growing by leaps and bounds. It's gone from 120 to 3,120. And then on top of that, in just a few chapters, it's going to be almost 5,000 people in the early church in Jerusalem. Well, right here in Acts chapter 6, it says that the church is multiplying. And as it was multiplying in any growing large church, as you know in our fellowship, as we've grown over the years and continue to grow, there's just going to be issues that come up, mistakes that are made, perceptions not met. And that's exactly what's happening in Acts chapter 6. It says, In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to, the prayer, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose these men, and God was right in the middle of it. Again, this is often a passage of Scripture that, that will be used to substantiate the office of the deacon. And there is an office of the deacon. Deacons mentioned also in First Timothy. But I believe the Bible is much larger than just the office, and that's the gifting of service. Where in a very real way, we all have that, that calling to serve, but there are some that just have the gifting to serve. And here's a problem in the church that was met, not by the, not by the apostles, because they needed to devote themselves to study and prayer. And yet, alongside of them, they were to look for these other men that could take care of the practical needs of the church. And I believe, although it's not mentioned, that these men were also gifted with the gift of service. There were a lot of other attributes, but I believe they had that gift, and they just got in, solved the issues, and the Lord moved the, moved the church forward and the persecution started coming in different ways. Let me give you one more example before we get to our final section here. Turn over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 36. Another example of this gift of service working out through the life of the church. 
And in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, it says at Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. And by the way, moms, pregnant moms, you're looking for a name for a little girl? Dorcas. Her name is Tabitha, translated Dorcas, or also it can be translated gazelle. That's what her name means. Notice in verse 36, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. And then in verse 37, 38, she dies. They call Peter. He comes with them. It says in verse 39, uh, And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. And then the rest of the section, Peter is used by God to raise her from the dead, and it's a glorious thing, and everybody's happy. But because it's such a miraculous section, I think what is missed is that Dorcas was faithful in her service. We don't want to miss that. The miracle is amazing, and what an awesome God. He would do such a great thing, and may he continue to do these transformative miracles in our lives that would bring his attention. But Dorcas here, Tabitha, she was a gifted woman, and she made things with her hands. She was known for her service, so much so that they started showing the tunics and the garments that she made. And some of you, both men and women, are just so good with your hands And and that's the thing that you're known for in your spiritual service. And and it reminded me of a very important ministry that we have here that that isn't really promoted all that much and mentioned that much unless until there's a need. And it's a ministry that we call In His Hands. And it has everything to do with this particular practical gift. Because many women in the church here, primarily, perhaps a few men as well, but primarily women, that you are putting, you make, you, you quilt or you crochet or you knit and you put together blankets for us and you bring them into the office. Bags of blankets. I remember my mom, uh, she was sending them in from California when she was still alive. She was crocheting things and she would send them into our church and do it also for Calvary Downing. And what we do with those, with those blankets is we package them with a little bit of material and in his hands is a particular ministry to women that have lost a baby or perhaps even had a stillborn or a young child. And that blanket that you made, we put it all together, and with the permission of the woman, we asked them if we could give her a gift. We don't just give it to her, we ask so that she understands the motive behind it. And the idea between that gift, so you made that blanket, some of you, you made the blankets. And we have the opportunity to give her a blanket and it becomes a gift to her and a a memory of the life of her child. As well as opening a door to begin ministering to that deep hurt in her life. And for those of you that make those blankets, thank you. They go to good use, not just in our church, but through the radio. Uh, whenever we're very sensitive, uh, my ears are ultra sensitive to those that have lost a child. And every time I hear it, immediately I, I insert myself in their lives and ask if we could serve them. And so if that's something you're interested in, like you go, hey, Ed, I'm making that stuff all the time. Call the office. We'll get you connected with the pastor who oversees it. And we would love to have more. We would love to see it inspire in other churches where then you can have that memorial. You can have that memory. Uh, Maybe that's something that that you need for us to serve you in, and we would be very blessed to do that. Dorcas would have joined that ministry. She would have been a part of that ministry. She would have said, here, I'd love to make garments. I'd love to see how they're used for the Lord. The gift of service. So wonderful. Now, finally, as we end today, 
Let's turn to Luke chapter 10, and let's look at some of the pitfalls. We've already seen the definition. We've already learned uh, and saw a couple examples of how the gift operated in Jesus' life, a couple examples how it operated in the church. Now let's look at some of the warnings, some of the dangers, and we will do that through a very familiar passage in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went, they entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. We have Mary and Martha both serving, I believe both exercising the gift of service, but one is very distracted, showing us many of the pitfalls that those of you that have the gift of service need to watch out for. If you're ready, there are seven of them. Number one, those with the gift of service, you have to be careful that you don't fall into the trap of busyness, busyness, just being busy. You see millions of things to need to be done, and you overcommit yourself. And here's one of the solutions to not overcommitting yourself. You need to learn to say no. So let's practice that. Let's practice saying no. You ready? One, two, three. No. So it's very easy. You see how you can say that? But you have to learn how to say no. Because if you don't learn how to say no, then you're going to get involved in too many things and the things that you have to do are going to be undone. And you're going to be frustrated and upset. You've got to be doing what's important, what's before you, and you have to learn to say no, what that balance is. And here's the thing. Since you have a hard time saying no because you just want to serve, people kind of tend to see that in your life, and you are prone to being manipulated by guilt. And somebody will throw a guilt trip on you, and then you'll do something that you said no that you weren't going to do, that you really can't do it, that it's impossible. I can't do everything. And as the person that has the gift of service, you know, you, you, you would like to do everything. And the truth is this. Somebody said it. I forget who. But we can't do everything, but we must do something. People with the gift of service tend to disagree with the first part and think they can't do everything. And you can't. You frustrate yourself. You can't do everything. Because Jesus says here, he tells her that Mary chose the one thing. One thing. She's chosen the good part. And serving involves choices. You've got to make the right choices. Number two. A person with the gift of serving has a tendency to like to do things by themselves. Do things by yourself. And what I mean by that is typically people with the gift of service are very hardworking and sometimes would just rather do the jobs themselves. Their motto is, if you want a job done right, do it yourself. And that tends to hurt people. Because you've forgotten that ministry is all about people and not tasks. And you hurt people's feelings when they don't measure up to your expectation or they they have a tendency to hurt people's feelings. You have a hard time letting go of a project and you have a hard time delegating because you just rather take care of it yourself. 
And while that is sometimes needed, you just got to find the balance. These all kind of interwine. It's not that you can't do things by yourself, but you have an over sense of uh, tendency to take things over and, you know, have maybe a little bit of that perfectionism in you and nobody seems to line up. And so you just go, I'll do it myself. Parents do this a lot with their kids instead of just letting their kids make mistakes and just let them try to do it. I'll take it. Give me that. I'll take it. No, no. Be careful in that area. Thirdly, a person with the gift of service has a tendency to be known as a little bossy. (laughs) Or a lot bossy. You know, sometimes that kind of is a a badge that people wear. I'm the boss. Maybe at work you've got the mug. I'm the boss. Like, we didn't know that already. But you want us to know as you're drinking your coffee, oh, there's the boss. And bossiness, you know, you just tell people what to do and you just bark orders at people. And that's not from the Lord. Ministry is not to bark orders at people. Listen, not in the church. You know how ugly that is in the world. It's uglier in the church. We're the church of Jesus Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. Part of the Holy Spirit is gentleness and patience. And may the Lord increase that in our lives. Since you see everything that needs to be done, the temptation is to tell everyone exactly what to do. But it's in that attitude that you lose your servant's heart. And listen, the church doesn't need any more bosses. We don't need bosses in the church. We need servants in the church. And you tend to be a little bossy. Not only that, fourthly, some of the dangers of the gift of service is that not only can you be a little bossy, but you can also be easily bothered. Easily bothered. You go, Ed, what do you mean? Well, the gift of service people can be particularly susceptible to stressing out. And they don't thrive on time pressures or deadlines. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all that you see that needs to be done. And the botheredness that you have often translates into criticism. A great example of that is a church like ours. It's a very large church, a very growing church. And we put out a bulletin announcement that says, hey, we need help around the building. Can you come out and help? And maybe 40 people show up. And it's a lot of work, but 40 people is good. It's great. It gets done. But there you are pulling weeds in the corner, and it's hot, and, and you're wondering, why am I pulling? And you, first you start pulling the weeds, and then you say, man, I can't believe it. I, I, there's so many weeds. Where's all the help? Why did, we're such a large church. Why wasn't there a thousand people out there helping? And you forgot that God spoke to your heart and told you to come that day and pull weeds. He didn't tell you what he was doing with everyone else in the church. He just told you what he was doing with you. And so you came and you started pulling weeds. But now you're bothered because now you see all the weeds. You didn't know there were that many weeds. You pulled one weed and three more came out and made a face at you. You're like, oh. And you start thinking, where are all the people? It's not your business. Your business is you. But if you have the gift of service, you also have this passion that other people would have the gift of service. And you can get really bothered and you can start becoming critical and forget why you serve. Why do you serve? Because of people. To connect you with people. It's easy to, for a person with this gift to forget who they're serving. They're serving the Lord, not people. See, if your motive is to serve people, if your motive is to be seen, if your motive is to be appreciated, if your motive is to make sure everybody's happy, forget about it. Those are wrong motives. You won't always be seen. We won't always. As a matter of fact, like, isn't it, it's, it's, sort of an, it's sort of a tension in your life where on the one hand, you don't want to be seen, but then at the same thing, you go, why doesn't anybody see me? And you just got to be careful. You serve not man, 
you serve God. And after your heart is right with God, then you start serving others. It's not the other way around. The other way around will make you frustrated and bothered. We see this in, in Martha. You know, Martha was a little bossy, so much so that in verse 40, she bossed Jesus around. I would say that's bossy. Not only that, but she was bothered because Jesus told her in verse 41, you're worried and troubled about many things. That's bother- I would say that's bothered. You're worried about things you don't need to be worried about. Don't worry about it. Just focus on yourself. Choose the right thing. Not only that, but fifthly, people with the gift of service can also become bitter. Bitter. Anger and frustration happens a lot because no one's helping you. You feel like you're doing everything by yourself. But in reality, you, you need to be doing what you need to be doing, and others will do what they need to do. And collectively, as the body of Christ, things get done. Sixthly, it's easy for a person that, gets, that has the gift of service to get burned out. And that's where Martha is right here, I think. She felt discouraged. She felt like she was being taken advantage. She felt like her sister didn't care. She had all these feelings that really weren't accurate. They were real feelings, but they weren't accurate to the situation. And so as you do so much, you wrestle with the flesh, not getting attention, overcommitment, frustrating. You might just want to quit. You're just like, I don't want to serve anymore. Nobody cares. And it's just all the enemy wanting to take you away from using your gifts. Not only that, but this is also another interesting one. Lastly, as we leave now, people with the gift of service have to be very, very careful with feelings of inferiority, of looking down on themselves. Sometimes you think that what you do is not that important because it's behind the scenes and not really that obvious. You might think and be tempted to think that your gifts are not as important as someone else's. That's not how you start, but over time, it's where you end up. For example, in our church, of the many things that happen behind the scenes. In our church, we have these welcome pats we put together. Some of you might have gotten one if you're new to the church here. Welcome. We have that packet together where we had somebody need to write it, edit it, put it together, fold it, print it, all of it. And then at the end, when somebody comes, uh, they come and they say, I want to serve. And we go, you're on here on the perfect day. This is what we need you to do. That person coming in, they're handed a stapler. And what we need them to do is click, 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 click. That's it. That's all we need. Just somebody to click, 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 click. Other people are putting together. Every people got on the table. Everybody's together. But we need somebody to click, click. And you're like, I can click, click. So give me the stapler. And there you are. Click, 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 click. And you do five of them. This is great unto the Lord. I can't wait. You do 50 of them. Man, why am I the only clicker? Like, what is this all about? That's can I get promoted to folding? You know, can I get like, and, and then before you know it, you're like, and, and, and this is why you've forgotten that your service means a lot to the Lord. You're serving the Lord. Click, 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 click. I mean, you can get so frustrated because doesn't the copy machine do that? Well, copy machine can do other ones. They can't do this one. It's too big. And there you are. And you're wondering, what does my click, click have to do with anything of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And you've forgotten that that welcome packet could be for that one family that just needs to know what kind of church we are, just needs some questions answered, just needs to go right over the edge, just needs to know this is a safe place for them, and they would have all these papers all over the place. If it wasn't for you, click, 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 click. It's all the way around the church. Everything that's being done touches somebody. Every single thing. You come in and say, you want to, oh, I don't want to clean. Nobody's ever. Yeah, but if you're helping out the teachers, it gives them more time to take care of the students, both Sunday school and the academy. 
If you come and commit to picking up trash and making the property look nice, cleaning windows and mopping like everyone was doing this morning before service, just everybody has a role. Everybody's mopping, cleaning, picking up trash so this property is as pristine as possible. You go, what's the big deal? Who cares if the property's clean? You know, first of all, we need to pick up the trash here because the, you know, the dump is at the end of Hampton here. It just dead ends. And we have a fresh delivery of trash on our property every day. You know, the trucks go by here, and they're covered, but all kinds of trash comes in. This property's always got trash. If we let it go for a week, it would look horrible. It would just look bad. And you go, what's the big deal picking up trash? Why don't you have somebody? Why, why should I pick up trash? Listen, you're picking up trash for that one person. That one person that has a problem with church, that has an issue with pastors, and has an issue with buildings, and it's made them very cynical, very suspicious. And yet inside their heart, they know that things aren't right with them between them and God. They know that a church is a place where they can find a relationship. They know that he, a church is a place. They know that, but they, they're just so cynical. And when you pick up a piece of trash, think of that guy or that gal in your mind that's just looking for an excuse not to come in. They're just looking for an excuse to turn in that, that driveway and go all the way out on that driveway and say, forget about it. And, and as a relation to trash, you're like, there's trash all over the property. The, wa- the, the flower beds aren't taken care of. The windows are dirty. You know, that cynical person could look at our property and go, you know what? These guys don't even take care of their property. They don't even take care of their building. All this trash, all these cigarette butts. Look at that. They don't even take, if they can't take care of their property, they can't pick up trash, why should I trust them with my life and the innermost secrets in my heart? Forget that. And I could make that point for every single, everything that we do. You, know, you start to think your gift isn't important as someone else that's seen, like me. You might even compare, you know, Ed, you're so important to the church and I'm not so important. And that's not true. We're equally important. There's no, there's, there's no difference in my life between you. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ just like you. Yes, you're right in your observation in the sense that my gift puts me in a place of more responsibility and more visibility, but not more worth or value than you, no way. We are all one body. And when I get emails, and I do, and I appreciate the appreciation of, you know, Pastor Ed, your message really blessed me, or Pastor Ed, your church really, whatever it might be. It's not my church, by the way, but, you know, visiting your church. And I love to share them with you. Sometimes I'll put them up on the blog. Sometimes I'll send them out on an email. Sometimes I'll just send them to the staff because it's not about me. It's about we. That's the church. It's not me. I'm, gonna, I, I'm committed to you. I will make this public commitment to you verbally for everyone to, to, to take off. You can record it. You can put it. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going and I desire to fulfill my calling as unto the Lord and exercise my gifts to the best of my ability Oh, going as far as I possibly can in the spirit. I'm, I'm committed. I am all in. I'm committed to exercise the gifts. Whatever responsibility God gives me, if it's more, if it's less, I'm totally committed. And, and that may be the only difference between you and me. It's not what we do. It's whether you do or not. We're enjoying the study in the Gospel of John here on Abounding Grace. 
Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher on the program, and you can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Calvary Church app. Check out Ed's blog at EdTaylor.org. Thank you for remembering Abounding Grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Beautiful People Don't Just Happen by Scott Sauls. Would you like to experience freedom from the regret, hurt, or fear that's weighing on you and instead find a life of relief, joy, and hope in Jesus? Allow Scott Sauls to point the way, and by the end of the book, you'll see how to become the beautiful person God wants you to be. Request it today when you give $25 or more. Call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Ordering is super easy through our online store as well at calvaryco.store. If you'd like to make a donation to the ministry and you're not interested in the book, you can donate safely and securely at aboundinggraceradio.com. Register for our upcoming ministry conference, Refresh, at calvaryco.church and discover the heartbeat of ministry, the why. It's all set for October 6th through the 8th at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We'd love to have you join us. The next spiritual gift we'll consider is the gift of teaching. Hear all about it next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.